Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Talking Blues podcast, episode 81. Um, we're here recapping Chelsea's 3-0 victory against Aston Villa, uh, match day four of the Premier League, and we're also going to look forward to uh, the first midweek action or midweek games uh, against Zenit here in the Champions League because that starts up now this week. But before any of that, Josh is not here clearly because I'm doing it, right? I'm doing the intro, so... Maybe you don't like it as much. I personally think I do a much better intro than Josh, but you know we'll have to see what people think about that. Um, but I am joined by my co-host, Peter. And Peter, how are you doing, and what did you think about this game today? I'm doing well. Good to be back after last time. And I will say, if I was able to record on the preview to this game, as you'd, if you've listened to the past few uh, game previews, I've been predicting Chelsea uh, 3-0 wins because it's been working. So I'll have you know, I would have said that it would have been a Chelsea 3-0 win. So I would have theoretically been right. But you can you can not believe me, because obviously there's no proof that I would have, because uh, it's not been recorded on an audio device anywhere for your listening. But I would have gotten it right. So I'm giving myself credit, even if you don't have to. But uh, overall in the game, I mean, a 3-0 win's a 3-0 win. We played pretty well, uh, especially in the second half when Jorginho came on. Uh, in the second half, we just kept the ball much better. We were more calm. We controlled the game a lot more. We didn't really give them many chances. Uh, and any chances they did uh, get, Mendy is just incredibly good. Saves everything, obviously saved them. Uh, and then Lukaku, I mean, for the majority of the game, Lukaku really wasn't involved. He didn't really do anything but I feel like that's not on him that was more on us not really getting the ball to him uh, but I mean he did today what we bought him to do and that's be clinical and finish the chances he probably had two shots uh, two chances and two goals he scored both goals from basically the only time he touched the ball near uh, the Aston Villa uh, box uh, they're both good finishes one was really really good I mean, he's just been doing what we need him to do, and that's just score goals. We don't need someone to 
even though he's been good at it, to do some hold-up play and things. Obviously, that's an added benefit, but all we need from him is to just continue to be on this goal-scoring form and continue to score all these chances. Uh, uh, and I'd give him my man of the match, but I think uh, there are other people more deserving, even though two goals, obviously, is very deserving. But I think it has to go to Mateo Kovacic, uh, who has suddenly become uh, Frank Lampard after putting on the number eight. He got an assist on an incredible ball to Lukaku for the first goal. He scored a nice finish off of a chip off of a very bad play by Tyrone Mings, but uh, you got to finish the chances that you get, and he did. It was a great finish. I mean, he just as he dribbled as well as he does always, keeping the ball well. I mean, he does what he usually did, and he's gotten better, much, much better this season so far, I think, in kind of converting what he's good at into end product in these goals and assists, which, I mean, he did very uh, well today. He just he was my man of the match because he just had a great 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 game great finish great assist like i said basically repeating what i said again just great at dribbling and i think once draginha came on he was given a license to go forward a bit more uh which i think he's better at he it's not like he played bad the first half he certainly didn't but with draginha that he's definitely can be more attacking which i think suits him better but he worked well with saul too and speaking of saul uh, obviously not the way you want to start on your debut. Uh, he didn't necessarily play bad, but he just made a few costly mistakes that, if not for Mendy or Thiago Silva, could have led to Asta Villa goals, which you can't really have. But I don't think I'm, I'm really not that worried about it. I think, I mean, it's his first game playing in center mid in a long time. Uh, Simeone obviously played him out of position at like left back and left to wing back, which... Uh, we're not going to do. We're going to play him as one of these two holding midfielders. So, obviously, he has to adjust, and it's a new league. It's the Prem. It's different than La Liga. Uh, so, he just needs to get used to it. So, I wouldn't worry. Uh, he needs to get some more game time under his belt. He gets get used to the system. Uh, but I would say if he plays like that con- uh, consistently throughout the season, that I would say we aren't going to trigger uh, the buy clause we have on him. But going through every other players. Uh, Mendy, he was my, besides Kovacic, I think he was my number two for very man of the match. He had, he saved us countless times. I mean, he had a great double save off of a long throw on Mings, and then he like threw himself at that ball to save it. Uh, Austin Villa had too many chances, but despite having too many chances, I really didn't even feel like they were good enough chances at all because every single time they had a shot, I was like, okay, whatever, Mendy's going to save this. I'm not worried. Uh, which I think is great to have. Uh, I mean, he was a bargain. He's arguably the best goalkeeper goalie in the Prem. You can put him definitely, he is most definitely top three, but you can argue for Allison or Ederson uh, being better than him, but he's definitely top three. Uh, defensively, uh, Thiago Silva is being Thiago Silva. He had a goal-saving block. He blocked many, many shots. He just does what he does the best, and that's be a solid defender. Rudiger, of course, the I mean, he wasn't really that noticeable for me, which I think is good. He didn't make any mistakes, but he didn't do anything great. Uh, one thing he did do bad is <laughs> off of, I don't remember, I think we had an attacking chance that got cleared out to him and from like literally at the uh, midfield line. He tried to uh, launch a half volley and score from midfield on a half volley, which I don't think you want your center back to do. Obviously, it went way over. Besides that, he had a solid game. Chalaba, similar to Rudiger, didn't really do anything that badly. He almost gave the ball away. 
Uh, I mean, he did give the ball away, but it didn't end up costing anything um, towards the beginning of the game. And besides that, he had a solid game, kept the ball, well, did everything you'd want him to do. Uh, Kalamatsuna Doi, I guess, similarly didn't really do much. I mean, he had a few good crosses. He looked more dangerous, which is good. I think he's getting that kind of like instinct back, that attacking instinct. And he got some time to play on the left wing, left attacking mid spot, which is his preferred role. Hopefully he gets more time there. Uh, I already touched on Lukaku, Ziyech, and Havertz. Both of them looked kind of lackluster. They really didn't look that good. They gave a ball way too many times. Uh, but all in all, 3-0 win. Good game. Second in the Prem. We've won all their games. I've never been really that scared about losing any of the games. And we, it's not like we've played terrible teams. So, I mean, it's looking good for this season. And hopefully we can continue this as we roll to the Champions League uh, midweek, start these games, and just keep going, keep the momentum rolling. Yeah, I mean, I mostly agree with you, Peter. Um, you know, I'm not going to rub through everything because you mentioned a lot already. But um, in terms of how some of the performances went, I thought Mendy was very good. I thought the back three was very solid. Um, and in the midfield, which was where the issues kind of arise, right? Callum Hudson-Odoi down that left-hand side at that right wing back role didn't, you know, seem kind of uncomfortable at certain times, especially when he was back, you know, facing his own goal, trying to, you know, cover at the far post there when crosses were swinging in from the right-hand side. I felt like he was a bit uncomfortable there, but in general, solid performance from him. Kovacic, obviously the man of the match. I don't think there's any dispute about it. He was sensational. Um, You know, go just bring the ball up the pitch. It just no one in the league doing that better. No one really in the world doing that better than Mateo Kovacic right now. Saul, I'm going to talk about this for a little bit longer here. I, I think it's disappointing, right? Um, but I think this is more on Tuchel than on Saul, to be honest. Uh, you know, you don't really throw a player into the Premier League like that, just, you know, into a game where you know uh, the opposition is going to be physical. They're going to press hard. They're going to be tough. Because um, this definitely was not an easy performance. I'd say this is probably... Besides the Liverpool game, the toughest game of this season, I thought, you know, the result kind of uh, made us look better than uh, what actually happened during the game. I felt Saul, I mean, he was one of nine in duels, one uh, 83% pass completion rate, lost the ball nine times in 45 minutes. It was not great, right? Um, but he just seemed to be playing at a bit too slow of a pace. Reminds me very similar of Kai Havertz when he first came in and still to be fair um even today a little bit we saw that from Kai Havertz but he was just not he didn't seem to be at the tempo of the Premier League he kind of plays to his own tempo um and that's definitely difficult from players um you know coming over to England but yeah it was disappointing but you know one match let's give him a break uh let's see how he does and I think you know we're going to talk about Zenit a bit later now um but I think that game is a better fit uh to see how he'll really do and I think he'll get the start there to see uh, how he does in a more familiar competition there. Um, and Marcus Alonso, I thought, was solid, nothing too crazy. Got beat a couple times by Bailey when he came on and kind of outdid him from pace. Ziyech and Havertz were monumentally disappointing, especially Ziyech. I really, you know, I felt like he he had a couple good balls, but besides that, it just wasn't good enough from him. And there were some times where he could have played a ball out wide and he just decided to take it on himself. Really just didn't work well. And he and I think Tuchel, which was kind of weird. I don't know why he did this, but instead of kind of we've seen Havertz kind of tuck back into the midfield when we've been kind of you know 
feeling some pressure, especially when we're defending. He had Ziyech doing that more instead of Havertz, uh, especially in the first half and before Havertz came off, but felt that was a little bit odd. Um, just due to the fact that, you know, Havertz obviously taller, more physical uh, than Ziyech, and Ziyech is just not really doesn't have the work rate. Not that Havertz does either, but I think Havertz, you know, is more fit to play that position. Obviously, more ideal would be someone like Mason Mount, but uh, I thought he was, you know, a bit lackluster today. Kai Havertz just didn't seem to get ever get into the game. You know, it was kind of frustrating at times because we know what he can do. Um, you know, there was little glimpses of it, but it felt like when he was on the left there due to the fact that Ziyech was uh, on the right-hand side and almost like he was a little bit further forward, he almost struggled a bit. Uh, whereas when he was a bit deeper in the past couple games, he looked much, much better. And Romelu Lukaku, two shots, two goals. I mean, you can't really ask for anything else. That's exactly what this team has needed for ever since, if I were to be honest, ever since Diego Costa has left, right? Um, that we've needed that, and it's finally here, and it's great that he scored his first goals here at Stamford Bridge. Um, and it's really great to have him back. I don't care what we paid for him. He's scoring goals, and that's really all that matters there. Um, but, yeah, you know, if we look at the stats here, Chelsea 12 shots compared to Aston Villa's 18, four shots on target to Aston Villa's six, 57% possession for Chelsea, um, and 83% pass accuracy. The game got a little bit chippy towards the end. Um, with McGinn kind of getting into some things, with Jorginho making a couple rough tackles, uh, some, you know, not great decisions by the referee wouldn't have affected the game anyway, but uh, definitely frustrating at certain points for Aston Villa. I completely understand that. Um, in terms of the Premier League, obviously, Ronaldo coming back to make his re-debut for Manchester United, scoring two goals there. Jesse Lingardino also getting on the score sheet, and Bruno uh, also scoring a banger as well. Arsenal finally getting uh, a goal and winning barely 1-0 against Norwich. They're now 16th to 20th. Uh, trust the process. Arteta masterclass, uh, whatever you want to say, go to Arsenal TV for that. Uh, Wolves beating Watford 2-0. Brighton beat Brentford 1-0. Southampton, West Ham uh, ended in a 0-0 draw. And obviously earlier, very early, bright and uh, <laughs> early in the morning for us here in the U.S. East Coast, 7.30 a.m., uh, Tottenham lost to Crystal Palace 3-0. Uh, Patrick Vieira gets his first win as a Premier League manager. So um, that's pretty much it for this kind of recap portion of it. Um, and now uh, we'll move on to uh, this Tuesday here uh, where Chelsea will be playing Zenit at Stamford Bridge. We'll not be going to Russia yet. In the second fixture against Zenit, we will be traveling to Russia. Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, against Zenit, Zenit currently lead the Russian league with 17 points out of seven games. Uh, so they are definitely the team to beat in Russia, but I would say Chelsea are kind of the team to beat in England as well and in Europe. So, uh, Peter, what's your lot? I guess we'll go into lineups first like we always do. I don't know why I'm thinking this is some sort of surprise. And then we'll uh, go to score predictions and uh, finish out the episode. But first, uh, Peter, do uh, let's do your goalkeeper back line. Um, and we'll get right into that now. Okay, goalkeeper. I think Kepa will be the Champions League goalkeeper in the games that aren't too important. I think it's important to give Mendy a rest throughout the week. So Kepa, I think we'll see a, a good chunk of him in the group stage games and then the back line. I think Christensen will come in. I think Chalaba will uh, stay in the squad. 
uh, in the starting lineup. And I, I was looking on the uh, Champions League roster, and I saw that uh, we haven't sent Malang Sar out on loan yet, and he is on the Champions League roster. So who knows? We could do something like extremely, extremely weird and put him there to rest everyone, but I don't think that'll happen. I think Aspi will also come in. So I think uh, go Kepa in goal, and then Shalabu Christensen, Aspi along the back three. All right, so I have the exact same back three, and Mendy, I have Mendy in goal, though. Um, I think he'll play all the Champions League games, and Kepa, once again, will be the cup keeper. Um, for my two wing backs, Reese James comes back in, obviously was uh, banned from the Premier League game, will be back uh, this weekend against Tottenham, but uh, he gets the start there at right wing back. Left wing back, I have uh, Ben Chilwell. I think Mark Salonzo has been playing a ton of games. Ben Chilwell... Uh, you know, needs to get his opportunity to show what he can do as well. I feel like it's been a bit unfair on him. Uh, you know, obviously, Alonzo's been playing well, but I think uh, Chilwell deserves a chance. And the two in midfield, I'm going to go Jorginho, and I think Saul starts uh, again here, but I think in a more comfortable game for him, and hopefully he can, uh, you know, play a little bit better with a couple days in training before that game as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be my midfield. For me, I think, like you said, Ben Chilwell needs to play eventually, and I think it's a good game for him to get back into the starting lineup. I think I have him. I'll have him on the left wing. I think Saul will definitely go into the middle again, try to get him more used to the system, try to get him some more game time. And like you said earlier, uh, it's a better matchup for him, so I think he'll play better. I mean, at least hopefully he'll play better. Uh, and then the second center mid spot. Uh, assuming Conte still injured, we I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Conte played like if he is fit. I don't know how long he's supposed to be out for, but maybe see him play a bit, play a half or something to get some fitness. But I don't think that he'll start at all in general. I like I said about uh, earlier about Malang Star. Even though I didn't end up putting Malang Star in the lineup, I was looking at the Champions League squad and I saw, oh look, that's Ruben Loftus Cheek right there. And I was like, hmm, maybe we'll go wacky. Maybe we'll give Jorginho a rest, who obviously played a lot over international break. Kovacic played the full 90, so I think he'll get a break. It'll either be Jorginho or Tuchel will go wild and put Loftus-Cheek in there. So I have Loftus-Cheek there. I mean, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> that could be a bit wacky. And then on the right wing spot, uh, right wing back spot, I have Reese James. I think he'll come back in after his suspension. And then front three, I have Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, at left wing, I think he'll get some more time at an attacking spot at his preferred spot to try to impress Tuchel. I think Tuchel would have uh, let him leave on loan if he didn't have plans for him to play. Uh, I think he, in this post-match interview, he said that maybe for him personally, it would have been a better move to go out on loan, but he wanted him to stay because uh, Tuchel wants him in his plans. So I think he'll start at left wing here and try to get some time there. I think Timo Werner will come back into the squad. He'll start up top, give uh, Romelu Lukaku a bit of a break, even though I could still see them playing uh, Lukaku, but I think they'll give him a break against the Zenit side that we should be beating without him. And I think Mason Mount also comes back into the squad. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. He's definitely going to play this game after not playing uh, uh, today. Or, well, depending on when we record, uh, we post this episode, maybe yesterday or maybe two days ago. I don't know. Uh, against uh, against Aston Villa, I'll say. Uh, so uh, my front three, Kyle Matsunori, Timo Werner, Mason Mount, I could definitely see Lukaku being in there instead of maybe Kyle Matsunori and having Werner and Mount as wingers. I don't know. My one lineup's a bit wacky. I think Tuco's going to go weird for this, but 
he probably won't, and it's going to be completely wrong, but whatever. Let's see. So my front three, I'm going to have Callum Hudson-Odoi on the left, um, or actually Callum Hudson-Odoi on the right, Werner up top, and Mason Mount on the left. Um, and I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory for Chelsea. Uh, I think we're going to have some trouble scoring goals, considering uh, Mr. Romelu Lukaku will not be starting, and obviously Timo Werner up front, not known for his uh, goal-scoring prowess at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think we still win uh, against this Zenit team, who I think we should be comfortably beating, but I think Tuchel's going to make some changes. Um, so 1-0 Chelsea, and a goal from Mason Mount uh, will win it for Chelsea, and that's uh, my prediction there. You're never going to guess what my scoreline's going to be. 3-0 Chelsea, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, until we lose when I predict 3-0 Chelsea, I'm going to say 3-0 Chelsea. So I think Chelsea will win 3-0, and I'll go... I don't know. I'll go Callum hudson Adoy, Mason Mount, and I'll do a weird one. Maybe a Reese James goal. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it'll be 3-0, but I have to say 3-0 because apparently it's been working. So 3-0 Chelsea. So obviously you're coming here for these accurate game predictions. Uh, definitely not just because you want to be proven right or anything like that. Um, yes, very accurate. Totally believable when yeah. 3 yeah. mm-hmm. hey, okay. well, It's going to happen. It'll happen. Watch. <laughs> the jinx, or, well, I guess it's not a jinx if I'm wanting it to happen. I don't know what the term is, but it's it'll happen. It'll be 3-0. I've spoken it into existence. Okay, okay. All right, so make sure to come back. Um, later in the week, and you can hear whether or not Peter's prediction is right and, he'll, and his next 3-0 prediction, if it is right. Um, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Talking Blues Podcast, episode 81 here. Uh, and we'll see you next time, recapping the Zenit game uh, and looking forward to Spurs. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.